1: This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Marano.
2: Let me tell you something. If you are having a white elephant gift exchange, I am the person that should be invited. If you're looking for a second person to invite to the aforementioned White Elephant Gift Exchange, my wife, Rachel, is the second person that should be invited. Let me give you a little context. So every Christmas Eve at my dad's, you know, usually we'll get something for my father and my stepmother. Maybe they'll get something for us or or maybe something for Carmine. My siblings and I, we have a no-gift policy. We don't get anybody anything for Christmas. But every year there is what they call a white elephant or there's a different names for it but this white elephant gift exchange where you bring a gift that could be claimed by anybody and when it's your turn one through however many people that are there you get your chance to pick a gift and then if you want you can trade it for another gift that has already been taken some people call it steal chris kringle this has been done for the last maybe decade or so at my dad's house so what did my wife rachel and i do Well, both of us separately got these great white elephant gifts. And then last night, a couple hours ago at Christmas Eve, the evening's winding down. And I say to my brother, Nick, I said, Nick, are we doing a white elephant this year? He says, no. Did you get a white elephant gift? And I said, yeah, so did Rachel. He said, what? Why? Did anybody tell you we were doing a white elephant? I said, well, I mean, I guess they didn't, but I figured because this is what we've done for the last decade, we would just continue doing it unless someone affirmatively stated there's no white elephant gift exchange. And that's kind of where I am on this. Look, I recognize my father and stepmother put a lot of effort into this uh, this party every year. They invite all sorts of people. They cook for weeks. I mean, maybe a year in advance. They cook. It's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. But I don't think it's too much on the family group text to say, hey, by the way, because we have fewer people this year or whatever the circumstances are, we're not doing a white elephant gift exchange. So now my wife and I have these white elephant gifts that we brought with us to my dad's for Christmas Eve that are totally unused. They're wrapped. They're really cool gifts. I'm not going to tell you what they are, because in case you invite me to your White Elephant Gifts Exchange, I want to be able to use them. So if you uh, do want to invite me, or Rachel and me both, whatever the case may be, you can email me, Morano at redappleaudionetworks.com That's frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com A fun party, nonetheless. This was the first year at least since I was a child that uh, we had a karaoke machine. Oh, and that's another thing. My dad tells me that my sister Claudia and my brother Alexander chipped in to rent this super nice karaoke machine. And so I go to my brother Nick, there's four of us in all. I go to my brother Nick, I said, Nick, were you aware that Claudia and Alex chipped in to to rent this karaoke machine? He says, yeah, they asked me to do it also. And I said no, and I gave them all the reasons why. And, you know, his reasons were very sound. I don't want to get into them now. And I said, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. The three of you are on your own private group text, excluding your oldest brother are making deals about a karaoke machine. I wasn't asked to weigh in on this karaoke machine. Now, it's fine if they want to do something like that that's nice, and it was nice. Everyone seemed to really enjoy it. But why not ask your oldest brother? I said, is this a whole siblings only group text? Is this a group text that people that are only biological half siblings are excluded from? And, you know, he smirked and he said, well, look, I'm sure the three of you guys have text messages that exclude me. And maybe we do. So how annoyed could I be? So I went to my sister. I said, Claudia, why was I excluded from discussions about this uh, karaoke machine? And basically she said, well, you can still chip in if you want to. Well, I said, well, now it's kind of not the same. Not the same principle by a mile. All right. In a moment, I am going to play for you. The 1981 WMCA Christmas Carol. Now, for those of you listening around the country, this is a real treat for you. For those of you listening in New York, if you've listened to me Christmas time for the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, maybe you're tired of hearing this, but I'm hoping you're not. I think this is really special. Let me give you a little bit of the history. First of all, WMCA back in the early 1980s was one of the most prominent talk stations in the country. It had been a prominent rock and roll station, and then it became a prominent talk station. Now it's uh, now it's a Christian station. So Bob Grant, who is one of the greatest radio talk show hosts to ever live... Worked at WMCA along with a lot of the other great talk talents, not only in New York, but around the country. People like uh, Mark Simone, people like uh, Ralph Howard, people like uh, John Sterling, Barry Farber, a whole litany, uh, Alex Bennett, a whole litany of really tremendous talk talents. So I got to know Bob uh, towards the end of his life, and I'll remember it was around 2010, no, it was December of 2009. That's exactly what it was. December of 2009. I had made the decision to leave the radio station that Bob was working at at the time and go to another radio station. And so Bob still looked to me and because I always would go out of my way to help Bob with whatever he needed because he was a legend and because I was a fan of his. Didn't matter that that wasn't my job. I still wanted to help him, wanted any part of helping Bob Grant. So Bob said to me... Uh, Look, uh, Frank Marano, we uh, did this uh, Christmas Carol back in 1981, and being a little bit of a ham myself, I, of course, played Ebenezer Scrooge. Now, we have only one copy of this recording, one copy in the entire world, as far as I'm aware. So I would love to play this Christmas of this year. Now, I had made the decision to leave the radio station Bob was working at. So it was a little difficult. I think I'd have even given my notice. It was a little difficult for me to just waltz in to this radio station and be greeted as if there was no problem when they really wanted me to stay. They wanted me to stay. And I told them, all right, sorry, I'm going with Curtis and we're going to another radio station. And it was, you know, there was some hard feelings about this. So I drive all the way down to Toms River, New Jersey, about an hour and a half, maybe even two hours. Pick up this recording. No, I I, uh, no. Here's what happened. Bob mails me the tape, mails me the tape to my home. I drive into a radio station that I was no longer even working at at the time. And I try to upload it. The tape is busted. The tape doesn't function. So I email Bob. I said, Bob, I don't know how to tell you this, but this recording, it doesn't work. The tape doesn't work. And so Bob then calls me and he says, all right, well, uh, I didn't want to say this, but... uh, there's actually one more recording of this uh, version of A Christmas Carol. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, this is the only recording that exists. So I now I drive all the way down to Tom's River. I go then all the way in to Midtown Manhattan, and I upload this recording. And let me tell you something. It was worth every second of it. I love it. You're going to hear a lot of great radio voices. Some of you may have heard my interview recently with Mike Thompson when we were discussing the uh, Colin Ferguson situation. He was working at WABC at the time, uh, excuse me, WMCA at the time. And he's one of the voices you'll hear. You'll hear Mark Simone. You'll hear uh, a whole bunch of other, Danny Meenan, a whole bunch of other folks that uh, that you know if you've been a fan of radio for a long time, especially in the New York area. And I've played it every year since then. I really do hope everybody loves it. But if you don't, what can I say? I still love it. Somebody uh, reached out to me recently and said, Oh, I've never liked that version of A Christmas Carol you played because the audio quality is uh, awful and the voices are awful and the production value is corny. Let me tell you something. I absolutely love it. So, without further ado, here is the 1981 version of WMCA's A Christmas Carol featuring Bob Grant as Ebenezer Scrooge.
3: Good evening, and welcome to A Christmas Carol. Tonight, our cast of characters are Bob Grant as Ebenezer Scrooge. Ah, humbug! Ralph Howard as Bob Cratchit. I'm the luckiest man in the world having such a fine family. Dan Meenan as the ghost of Christmas past. Look down, Ebenezer, and think back to your youth. Mark Simone as the ghost of Christmas present. Have you never seen the
1: like of me before?
3: Mike Thompson as Scrooge's nephew, Fred. Christmas a humbug? Bill Daughtry and Charles Pellet as gentlemen callers. How much shall we put you down for, Mr. Scrooge? Barry Gray as the ghost of Marley. This is your last chance to escape my miserable fate. And I am your host, John Shoyer. It is the afternoon before Christmas Day in the year of our Lord, 1844. Despite the bitterly cold weather, all London is in a festive mood.
4: Stop it! Stop it, I say! Go no away from here with all that noise. We'll have no singing around here. Do you understand that? No singing, I say! A Merry Christmas, sir. No need to wish him a Merry Christmas. That's old Scrooge.
3: Yes, that's old Scrooge, all right. Ebenezer Scrooge and there's no sign of happiness or festivity on his lined face. He closes the door and returns to his office. He looks around, glowers at his clerk, Bob Cratchit, snorts as he sees Cratchit bent over his desk hard at work. As he adjusts his spectacles and turns, without warning, the door opens.
4: Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Ah, humbug. Christmas a humbug? Surely you don't mean that, Uncle. Merry Christmas indeed. What right have you to be merry? You're poor enough. What right do you have to be dismal? You're rich enough. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer? If I had my way, every idiot who goes about with a merry Christmas on his lips would be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. You keep Christmas in your own way. And let me keep it in mine. Keep it? But but, but you don't keep it. Let me leave it alone, then. I, I've Much good it's done you. I've always thought as, of Christmas as a good time. A time for forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. And I say, God bless it. Amen. Let me hear another sound from you, Bob Cratchit. And you'll keep your Christmas by losing your situation. Don't be...
5: Angry Uncle, I, I came here to ask you to spend Christmas
4: Day with Peg and me. Ah, no, certainly not.
5: We want nothing from you, Uncle, other than your company for Christmas Day. Right, won't won't you change your mind and join us and have dinner with us?
4: You know my sentiments on Christmas. Good day, Fred. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year to you. Ah, humbug.
6: Uh, Pardon me, Mr. Scrooge. What is it? There's a gentleman here to see you. What about Cratchit? He didn't say, sir.
7: Ah, good afternoon, sir. I have the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley.
6: Mr.
4: Marley, my former partner, has
7: been dead these seven years.
4: He died seven years ago this very night.
3: And I have no
1: doubt his liberality is well represented by his surviving partner. What do you want? At this festive season, Mr. Scrooge, we try to make some slight provision for the poor and destitute. Many thousands are in want of common necessities. Are there no
4: prisons?
1: Oh, plenty of prisons. And the
4: workhouses, are they still
1: in operation? I wish I could say they were not. How much shall I put you down for, Mr. Scrooge? Nothing. You wish to be anonymous, Mr. Scrooge?
4: I wish to be left alone. Let these deserving people of yours go to the establishments I have mentioned.
3: Most of them would rather die than to do that, Mister Scrooge.
4: Then let them do that and help decrease the surplus population. I'm busy. Good afternoon to you.
1: Very good, Mister Scrooge. Goodbye and merry Christmas to you.
4: And good riddance to you. Charity, bah, humbug.
6: Um, Mr. Scrooge, sir?
4: Well, what is it, Cratchit? I was wondering... You were wondering if you
6: could go home? Yes, sir, it's it's getting late.
4: Yes, go on. You'll want the whole day off tomorrow, I suppose. It's
6: quite convenient, sir.
4: It's not convenient, and it's not fair.
6: It's only once a year, sir.
4: A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th day of December. I suppose you must have the whole day, but... Be here earlier the next day,
6: understand? Yes, sir. Merry Christmas. Christmas! Humbug!
3: A few minutes later, Scrooge leaves his office and makes his way to his melancholy chambers, a gloomy suite of rooms. By the light of a single flickering candle, he eats a cold supper. And then, to save lighting his stove, Ebenezer Scrooge retires for the night. The minutes tick away. Scrooge sleeps uneasily, tossing from side to side, and then awakes with a start to a loud clanking sound. Walking toward him, dragging a heavy chain is a grey, dim figure which stops at the foot of the bed.
4: Who who are you? What do you want? Who are you? Answer me!
0: Uh, Ask me who I was. You are... you are... You yes, can't be. Yes, in life I was your partner, Jacob Marley.
4: But it cannot be so. You're, you're dead.
0: You don't believe in me?
4: No. You're, you're nothing but a, an undigested bit of beef, a, a blood of mustard, a, a crumb of cheese.
0: You are wrong, Ebenezer. I am the ghost of Jacob Marley. Why do you come to me? It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if that spirit does not go forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death.
4: No, 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 I, I, I
0: don't believe it. It is then doomed to wander through the world.
4: You, you, you are chained, Jacob. Tell me why.
0: I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link, yard by yard. I wore it of my own free will. It is its pattern strange to you?
4: I don't don't understand.
0: This chain I wear is as heavy as the one you are now forging. You talk strangely, Jacob. For seven years I have been dead, traveling the whole time.
4: Seven years dead? And traveling all the time? You must have covered a lot of territory.
0: No rest, no peace. Only remorse. But you were always a good man of business. Business. Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, benevolence were all my business. But I heeded none of these. Instead, I thought only of money.
4: And what is wrong with making money?
0: That is your weakness, Ebenezer. As it was mine. That is why I'm in here tonight, part of the reason for my penance. I am here to warn you, to help you escape my fate. You have one chance left.
4: Oh, but tell me how this chance will come.
0: My time draws near. I must go. Tonight you will be haunted by three spirits.
4: Is that the chance you mentioned, Jacob? I I I think I'd rather not.
0: The first will appear when the bell strikes once. Expect the second at the stroke of two. And the third as the bell tolls three.
4: Uh, Couldn't they all come at once and have it over with?
0: No, and heed them well when they appear. Remember it is your last chance to escape my
3: miserable fate. As Scrooge stares in frightened silence, the wraith-like figure of his deceased partner Marley recedes into space. Then, exhausted by the ordeal, Scrooge drops off to sleep. In the distance, the steeple clock is heard striking one. The curtains of Scrooge's bed are drawn aside as if by invisible hands. Suddenly, there stands by the bed a strange figure with white hair holding a sprig of fresh green holly. Scrooge stares and then speaks. Uh,
4: Are you the spirit whose coming was told me by Jacob Marley?
7: I am. Who and what are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past, your past. Rise up and walk with me. Where? Out through the window. What? But we we are three stories above ground. I'm only immortal. Bear but a touch of my hand upon your heart. And you shall be upheld in more than this. What are we to do? I am going to help redeem you. Come, walk with me out into the night, into the past.
3: The wind howls as the ghost and Scrooge walk off into the night. Scrooge is trembling with fright. Tell me, ghost of
4: Christmas past, where are we?
7: Look down, Ebenezer, and think back to your youth.
4: What? Why, why, of course. The river. The meadows. And that's the old school where I went as a lad. But there is no one about.
7: It's Christmas holiday. Look into this study hall.
4: Empty. Except for a young boy sitting at his desk. His head in his hands. Left behind. He's... He's, he's crying. Oh, poor chap. No place to go at Christmas. I, no, he's looking up.
7: Do you recognize him?
4: Why, it, it's
7: me. Come, let's look back at another Christmas a year later.
3: The wind howls again as they move ahead in time to take a closer look at the young Ebenezer Scrooge.
7: Why, there's
4: the school again. Uh, there is a boy pacing up and down in the school yard. I, I wonder who... It...
7: Do you recognize him?
4: Yes, I see it is myself as a boy. Uh, A coach is coming up the roadway. Now it has stopped, and a little boy gets out. Oh, look, he's hugging me. It's my brother Peter.
3: Listen to what he says. I have come to bring you home, dear brother Ebenezer. Father's not mean anymore, and he says you're never coming back here. And from now on, we'll always be together. Just think, we're together for the first time in four years. Your brother was such a frail creature. Kind,
7: soft-hearted. Uh, so he was, so he was. He, he died so young. And left a son. Yes, Fred, my nephew. He came to wish you a Merry Christmas yesterday.
4: Yes, yes, he did. Oh, please, please, take me back.
7: Not yet. There is one more spirit for you to see. Oh, no more, please. I do not wish to see it. You must. Several years have passed. In the house below, there sits a young, beautiful girl. It's Belle. The girl you were to marry. And you sit next to her, a man in your prime. Now your face begins to show the signs of avarice. There's a greedy, restless motion in your eyes. Listen to what she's saying to you.
5: It matters very little to you, Ebenezer. Another idol has displaced me, a golden one. You hold your money more important than me or anything else for that matter. I am going to grant your wish, free you from marrying me. That is what you desire, Ebenezer. I feel very sorry for you. Spirit, show
7: me no more. Today, Belle is a happy woman, surrounded by her fine children. Those children might have been yours if you hadn't been so selfish. Oh,
3: take me back. I beg of you. Scrooge had seen enough of the past and his pleas to be returned to the present are heard. The steeple clock strikes twice, and Scrooge finds himself back in his bedroom. Slowly, his door, though bolted, swings open.
1: Good morning, Ebenezer. I'm the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. You're practically a a giant, yet you have a young face. Have you never seen the like of me before? Never. I have many brothers, over 1,800 of them, one for each Christmas since the very first. A tremendous family to provide for. Touch my robe, Ebenezer, and come forth with me. I trust you'll profit by your journey. We have little time, and there is a place we must visit. It's a very poor house in a very poor section of London.
2: Mark Simone as the ghost of Christmas present. What will happen? Will Scrooge learn his lesson? We'll find out straight ahead.
6: I see.
1: It's the other side of midnight with Frank Marano. No, 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 no.
2: Christmas film, Love Actually, which came out 20 years ago, the same day as Elf, ironically enough. You know, I, I didn't see Love Actually until about uh, five or six years ago. My wife, my then girlfriend, showed it to me, and uh, she was always a fan of it. She watched it just about every year, still watches it just about every year. I liked it. I liked it, and uh, I I think as far as I'm concerned, the best thing about the film, other than the incredible performance of Alan Rickman, is this particular song. It's not only a great subplot within the film, but it's just a great song in its own right. All right. when last we left, Ebenezer Scrooge, he was guided by the ghost of Christmas present a.k.a. Mark Simone. Let's see how things turned out.
1: This one, directly below it. Indeed it is. Who may I ask lives here? An underpaid clerk named Bob Cratchit. Uh, The Bob Cratchit that works for me? The very same. That woman. Those children. His wife and family. Why, that's Cratchit
4: coming up the stairs now. He's carrying a young boy. His
1: youngest child, Tiny Tim. (gasps) The child carries a crutch. Because he is crippled. Uh But the doctors... Cratchit cannot afford a doctor, not on 15 shillings a week. Uh Oh, but... uh, Shh. Listen. Good afternoon, everyone.
8: And the most Merry Christmas. Father, Tiny Tim. Merry Christmas. Welcome. Tiny Tim, sit next to me. Father, let me take your muffler. And how did Tiny Tim behave at the church?
6: (laughs) As good as gold and better.
8: I was glad to be able to go to church. That's because I wanted the people to see I was a cripple. Now that's a peculiar thing to say, Tiny Tim. No, it isn't. That's
5: because I was in God's house, and it was God who made the blind able to see, and the lame able to walk. And when the people at church saw me in my crutch, I was hoping they would think of what God can do, and they would say a prayer for me. I, I, I'm certainly prayed for you. And one of these days, I'm going to get well, and that'll mean I can throw away this crutch, and run
8: and play like the other boys.
6: You will, Tim, one of these days. And now, Mother, the big question, when will dinner be ready?
8: It's ready now, just about the finest goose you've ever seen. Martha, you carry it in. And Tom, you fetch the potatoes and turnips, and Dick, set the chairs around the table.
5: And I will sit between Mother and Father.
6: And this is going to be the best Christmas dinner anyone could hope for. I'm the luckiest man in the world having such a fine family. It isn't a very
4: big goose, is it? I I could eat the whole bird myself, I
1: believe. It's all Bob Cratchit can afford. His family doesn't complain. To them, that meager goose is a sumptuous banquet. But more important, much more important, Ebenezer... Yes? They're a happy and united group. Look at their shining faces. Listen to them. What a superb dinner we've had. The tempting meat, the delicious dressing.
8: And the plum
6: pudding, Father. Don't forget that. The pudding was the greatest success achieved by Mrs. Cratchit since her marriage.
8: Thank you for the compliment. I must confess, it was good.
6: And now for the crowning touch, the punch.
8: Oh, the punch. Good, wonderful. Punch. Oh, I love one. punch. Great.
3: Here we are. Get your glasses. So, the members of the Cratchit family clinked glasses in a Christmas toast. First to the founder of this feast, the man who made it possible, I give you Mr.
6: Scrooge.
8: Mr. Scrooge, indeed. Oh, I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it.
6: My dear the children, remember this is Christmas Day.
8: He's a hard, stingy, unfeeling man. Now, you know he is, Robert. You know better than anyone.
6: My dear, remember Christmas Day.
8: Oh, I'm sorry. Very well. I'll drink to his health. Long life to him. A merry Christmas to him. To Mr. Scrooge. To Mr. Scrooge. To Mr. Scrooge!
6: And now a toast to us. A Merry Christmas to us all. God bless us. God bless us, everyone.
4: Spirit, tell me, will Tiny Tim
1: live? I see a vacant seat in the chimney corner and a crutch without an owner, carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. Oh,
0: no,
4: no! Oh, no, kind spirit. Say that he will live, that he will be spared.
1: Why concern yourself with him? Isn't it better that he die and decrease the surplus population? Oh, but these poor people must be helped. Are there no prisons? And the workhouses, are they still in operation? Oh, do not taunt me. Come. It's time for us to go. I, I wish to remain. I can remain no longer. Touch my robe and we shall go.
3: The wind begins to howl again, and Ebenezer Scrooge shortly finds himself standing outside his lodging. A heavy snow is falling, blanketing a sleeping London. There's a steeple bell. It is still early Christmas morning.
5: Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge. You are the third and the last. I am the ghost of Christmas yet to come.
4: You are about to show me shadows of the things that have not happened, but will happen in time before us. Is that so, spirit?
5: Yes, Ebenezer.
3: I fear what I am to see. But Scrooge's fear meant nothing to the ghost. And as the wind rose up, they ventured into the night once again.
4: Why do we stop here on this street corner, spirit? Those people standing there, do you know them? Why... Yes, I do business with them.
5: Their conversation is interesting. When did he die? Last night, I believe. I thought he'd never die. What has he done with his money? I haven't heard. Left it to his company,
4: perhaps. Well, one thing is certain, he didn't leave it to charity.
5: Are you going to his funeral?
6: Well, not unless there's a
1: free lunch provided. A very good point. Can't say that I blame you.
4: Spirit, this dead man they were discussing,
5: who is he? I will show you. Come into this room with me. There is a bed in front of you. On it lies a man, that is, the body of a man. One of those gentlemen on the street we're talking about.
4: And no one has come to claim his body?
5: No one, for he left not a friend behind him. Come closer and look into his face.
4: No, I would if I could, but I I haven't the power.
5: Then follow me, Ebenezer Scrooge, to yet another scene.
6: Look here, Joe, here's our chance. You're not going to take his things, are you? Why not? He won't miss him, not a dead man. No, I suppose not. Every person has a right to take care of themselves. He always did. Now open that bundle, Joe, and tell me the value of it. What do you call this, bed curtains? Ah, bed curtains. Don't drop that oil upon the blankets now. His blankets? Who else's? He isn't likely to be cold without him, I dare say. (laughs) Oh, spirit, let me see some
4: tenderness connected with death. If I don't, that lonely body in the dark room will ever haunt me.
5: Yes, I know of such a home. One where there is tenderness connected with death. Over here on the poor street and in this dismal house. But this house? Why, yes,
4: I've been here before... Bob Cratchit, my clerk, lives here. There is Mrs. Cratchit and her oldest daughter, Martha.
5: Your eyes, Mother,
8: you'll strain them working in this bad light. Oh, I'll stop for a while. I wouldn't want to show red tired eyes to your father when he comes home. Say, it's it's time he was here. Past it,
5: rather, but these days he walks slower than he used to, Mother.
8: Well, I have known him to walk with Tiny Tim upon his shoulders very fast, indeed. He was very light to carry, and your father loved him, so it was no trouble. Uh, there's someone at the door, Martha. It must be your father. I'll let him in. Hello, Father. You look tired. You're late tonight,
6: Robert. Yes, I'm late.
8: I'll get some tea for you. Thank you, Martha. You went to the grave today?
6: Yes, I wish you could have gone. It would have done you good to see how green a place it was. I'll see it soon. I promised him I would walk there every Sunday, my poor Tiny Tim. At last, he's rid of his crutch.
8: Yes, at last, our poor Tiny Tim.
3: Scrooge turned from the Cratchit family with an anguished cry.
8: Oh, tell me, spirit, why did Tiny Tim have to
5: die? Come, there is still another place to visit. When you see the next place I am taking you... Perhaps you will understand.
4: Is this a graveyard? Why, why do we stop here?
5: Look at that tombstone. Read the name on it.
4: Before I do, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of things that will be, or are they the shadows of things that
5: may be? Read the inscription on the tombstone. It reads... Ebenezer
4: Scrooge. No, spirit, oh, no, 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 hear me. I am not the man I was. I will not be like the man you have just shown me. I will honor Christmas. Are you certain of this? Oh, yes. I will try to keep it alive all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. I will not shut out the lesson that all three spirits have taught me. Oh, tell me there is hope that I may rub away the writing on this stone? We shall soon see. (sighs) Uh, 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 Tell me there is hope that I may rub away the writing on this stone. Uh, 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 What am I holding on to? The bedpost! I'm in my own bed! Home!
3: Those bells! It must be Christmas! I wonder if it really is. Scrooge ran to the window, and as he did, the sound of church bells filled the room. You, boy, down there!
4: Yes, sir? Did you call me, sir? Uh, what day is today, lad?
5: Today? Why, Christmas Day.
4: I had to think the spirits had done it all in one night.
5: What did you say, sir? Uh, do you know
4: the polterers on the next street?
5: I should say so. <laughs>
4: an intelligent boy. A remarkable boy. Uh, do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was in the window? The one as
7: big as me? Oh,
4: <laughs> delightful boy. Uh, yes, the one as big as you. It's hanging there now. Uh, go and buy it. I am in earnest. Here is the money. Catch. Deliver it to Bob Cratchit on Golden Street in Camden Town.
5: But, sir, there'll be considerable change left over. Keep it, lad. (laughs) Oh, thank you, sir.
4: Don't let Mr. Cratchit know who sent the turkey. It's a surprise. And, lad... Yes, sir? a,
3: A very merry Christmas to you. This was just the first of many good things that Scrooge would do for people this Christmas day. Filled with good cheer and blessed with the Christmas spirit, he set out to make up for all the years that he had neglected. Who could that be at the door?
4: Why, bless my soul, Uncle! Yes, yes it is, Fred, your Uncle Scrooge. I've come for Christmas dinner. Now, let me in. I have a present for your good wife. From now on, I'm going to be one of your most persistent guests. I've changed, my boy. You'll see.
3: The next morning, Scrooge arrived at his office before his usual time to await Bob Cratchit's arrival.
4: Ah, he's late. (laughs) The day after Christmas, Bob Cratchit's late for work. Ah, here he comes. Um, Well now, Cratchit, what do you mean by coming in so late this morning? I'm
6: very sorry, Mr. Scrooge. I I beg your pardon, I'm sure. I I know I'm a few minutes late. Ah,
4: eighteen and a half minutes to be precise step this way Cratchit if you please I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer and so I am about to raise your salary mr. Scrooge (laughs) Merry Christmas Bob a merrier Christmas that I have given you in a long year I shall raise your salary and do all I can to help you and your family "'especially Tiny Tim. "'Now, make up the fire "'and uh, buy another scuttle of coal "'before you dot another eye!'
3: "'Scrooge was better than his word. "'He did everything he promised "'and infinitely more. "'He became a regular visitor "'to his nephew's home "'and even took Fred into business with him. "'He raised Bob Cratchit's salary "'to a figure that left "'the bewildered gentleman gasping. "'And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, "'he was a second father.' He provided doctors for the little lad. And very soon, Tiny Tim will have his wish. He will be able to throw away his crutch and run and play like the other boys. As for the three spirits, Ebenezer Scrooge never saw them again. That was due to the unchallengeable fact that Scrooge, for the rest of his days, helped keep alive the spirit of Christmas. And so as Tiny Tim observed...
5: God bless us, everyone.
2: So is that corny? Yes. Is it played out? Maybe. Is it 42 two years old? Sure. I still love it. I hope you do as well. And if enough of you don't, then I'm sure that'll be reflected in the streaming numbers, and then maybe this'll be the last Christmas that we play it. Alright, uh, some other fun stuff coming your way in a moment. Still to come, we have Commendations, Cousin Brucie, Joe Piscopo, and more, all straight ahead.
1: The Other Side of Midnight. midnight. Night with Frank Marano.
2: Everybody's in a hurry, in a flurry,
4: shopping till they're dropping in the snow. Kids are crying,
7: dogs are barking, catching up with folks we barely know.
2: This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. It is Christmas morning, at least, on the East Coast. For those of you on the West Coast, you still have a few more minutes of Christmas Eve coming to you. And uh, a lot of times people will ask me, Frank, you know, we'd love to get you something for Christmas. What can we get you? Well, you really don't have to get me anything. But if you really insist on getting me something... One, the most important thing that you could do is spread the word about this show, is uh, subscribe to the podcast, listen to the live stream. If you ever can't listen to the live stream, set your alarm to listen to the app during the hours that we're on anyway, and uh, that would really mean a great deal. Spread the word about that show, about this show. That helps a great deal. But if you insist, insist on getting me something of a material nature, and uh, not everybody is as creative as, say, a Brandon Lord who got me an ear cleaner, among other things, or a Jersey June who got Carmine some very nice gifts, which I appreciate. Let me just tell you, the one thing that I think I really would like for Christmas this year is a subscription to the Glenn Greenwald Locals Subscription Now, Locals is not something I even knew about, but Locals is a byproduct of Rumble, and it allows you to pay, I don't know, $5 a month to give a little extra support to the journalists that are producing this kind of independent media, and uh, it allows you to get full transcripts of his show, which makes it a lot easier for me to steal from uh, Glenn Greenwald. So, uh, a lot of you have written saying, what can we get you, Frank? What can we get you? If you absolutely must get me something, which you certainly don't need to do, then a uh, subscription to the Glen Greenwald Locals would certainly be appreciated. But you really don't have to get anything. All right. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing that I would like, and this is not a gift from you. It is from my my bank, is a debit card. I mentioned the other day that my wife lost my debit card. I gave her my debit card and she lost it. She went to go buy groceries and she lost it. And so now I have no debit card. So if I need to withdraw cash at a time when the bank is closed, I'm out of luck. If I need to purchase gasoline when I don't have cash on me, I have to use a credit card. So my wife, I belong to a small bank because I believe in small banks. I don't like all these bailed out banks that got TARP money and they're bailed out by the taxpayers and made all these mortgages that they shouldn't have been making. So I like small banks. I like small community banks. But that comes with a fair number of drawbacks. One, if I'm ever out and about somewhere and I need an ATM, a lot of times it can be difficult to find. The other thing is there are a lot of things that apparently these big banks all do that my bank doesn't. For instance, when I lost my debit card, I tried to call them and I was able to cancel it. But then I wasn't able to reach anyone at the bank to request a new one. Finally, two days later, I'm able to reach someone at the bank and they said, all right, well, can you come in? You got to come in and go through all this paperwork and we'll get you a new debit card. So I mentioned this to my wife and she says, you know, with a big bank... I think she's Bank of America. With a big bank, all you have to do is fill out a quick form online, literally click two boxes, lost my debit card, and they just send you a new one a couple of days later. And so, all right, I go to the bank. And as we're going there, my wife was with me. She says, all right, see if, because you may need cash or you may need to use your debit card, see if they can give you a temporary debit card. I said, oh, okay, that's good. So I go there. This is on uh, Saturday. And I say, um, all right, explain the situation. They said, okay, good. You're going to have it probably in seven to 10 business days. Okay, thanks. And then I said, well, is there anything you could do to give me a temporary... Debit card. And they said, Oh, no, sorry, we don't do that. So, for the first time, literally, in my entire life, I am thinking about joining up with a big bank that has ATM locations in multiple places and that can give me a debit card if it gets lost by my wife again. So, we'll see. I don't know, uh, but you know, there's just something nice about small banks and small banking that I love. I'm not going to say which bank that I belong to. One, because they're not an advertiser and why should I give them any play? But two, because I don't want to sound like I'm bashing them when I've been a customer of theirs for a long time. And they do a lot of great work in the community. All right. Coming up in a moment, we have uh, Commendations, Joe Piscopo, your phone calls, Cousin Brucie, and more on this, a special Christmas edition of The Other Side of Midnight. Until then. Keep asking questions.